Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Jonah, welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Really stoked to be here. Yeah, likewise. I'm excited to speak to you and talk about personal development and habits and all that good stuff for these next 15 minutes. My audience of Morning Upgraders know who they're listening to. Why don't you just start us off by telling everyone you know, who you are, what you do for a living, and then give us one thing that's going well in your life right now. Yeah, great. So Jonah Larkin, I am a, and I'm an executive coach. I work primarily with uh, tech executives and founders. I'm here in pretty close to Silicon Valley. So those are pretty much my clients, but I do work with people all over the world. And I'm a big surfer. That's pretty much what I dedicate most of my life to outside of my work. And what's going well for me, actually, at this very moment is is healing. I had a uh, pretty serious uh, accident about two and a half weeks ago, surfing 25-foot waves on the North Shore of Hawaii. And uh, I actually injured my pelvis, which was a pretty serious injury. And so it was pretty scary. And I came back to California, where I'm from, and I'm doing just about every single thing I can to heal from visualization to stem cell injections, to physical therapy, to getting all the right nutrition. And um, fortunately, uh, the x-rays and MRIs show that I'm healing quickly. So that's what's going well for me. And I'm extremely grateful for that. I mean, two and a half weeks doesn't sound like a lot of time for that type of injury. Well, I still got a ways to go. I'm not out of the woods yet, but so far the progress has been really, really good. I'm assuming like drowning was a was a threat there because you probably were in a lot of pain, right? And so how, how did I was, I was, and I was about a mile out to sea when it happened. Wow. My friend and I were surfing an outer reef, so basically that's a reef that's you know breaks out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, fortunately, there was a uh, a tow-in crew, so there was a, a couple of guys who were who were doing tow-ins with a jet ski, and they saw me after I got hit with a series of waves and they came in and, and actually ended up rescuing me. So I I got a lot of help from a lot of people and I'm just really, really grateful. You know, you can't do anything alone, really. That's really great in terms of, you know, it's one of my philosophies and I was certainly helped by so many people and continue to be, because I can't do that much for myself right now. I can sort of hobble around on my crutches, but not much else. Man. So let's talk about, um, I'm assuming you have fear now, right? I'm guessing like going back into the water, how are you going to handle that from a mindset perspective? That's a good question. And I've thought a lot about it. I mean, I've, I, a lot of the fear actually just shows up in the healing process, you know, scared that I'm not going to heal, scared that I'm going to have to have surgery, scared that I'll never be the same. And the real thing that I've found is that it's really important to dive into the fear and examine what the beliefs are that drive it. So, you know, the fear for me of not healing is is like, oh, somehow the laws of the universe don't apply to me and my body. Right. It's like it's like somehow I'm I am like so special that I'm not blessed by the world and life. And and the fact is is that, you know, the body wants to heal itself. And so in terms of surfing, yeah, I'm going to go back there and I'm going to be so prepared. 
I'm going to be in such good shape that when I go back into the water, I'll feel very strong and very confident. And again, that's one of my personal philosophies is that if you want something really, really bad, don't worry so much about the goal of getting it, but spend the time preparing yourself. And that way, when you get into the situation, you can receive the benefits of what's coming to you. So the way that works for me is by getting in really good physical and mental shape, making sure I'm meditating, making sure I'm taking care of my body, making sure I'm sleeping. It's interesting. It's, it's uh, I guess this whole situation has put you in a situation to put your skill sets to use that you teach your clients, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. You know, it's like ordeals, right? We all face ordeals in our lives. And this is certainly an ordeal for me. I'm a very physical person. And so, yeah, it's a, it's actually a trauma for me. And so this is really where we get to see what our values are and whether we can walk our talk and what faith is like and all those really challenging things is when we step into really difficult situations. So, you know, I'm both grateful for it and, you know, also wish it wasn't the case, but at the same time, you know, I have, I do have a belief and it's not for everybody, but I have a belief that this is here as a lesson for me. And it will make me stronger. So that's what works for me. So what's your goal? Like, when do you want to be out surfing again? Have you have you thrown anything out into the universe on that? Uh, three months. I'd like to be surfing again in three months. I think okay. that's uh, realistic. I think it's possible. And, you know, I don't have to be surfing big waves in three months. But if I'm just like putting around in little waves, I'll be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for someone that doesn't surf at all, a uh, five-foot wave sounds amazing. 25 feet sounds very scary and very impossible, but obviously it's possible because you're, you're doing it, but um, very impressive. So I want to talk about removing negative habits like we spoke about before we started recording. Well, I'll go back to that. First, I want to talk about your morning routine. How do you start your days? Yeah. How do you start your mornings? Yeah, well, I start my days with red light therapy. I have some red lights above my bed. So as soon as I wake up, I turn those red lights on and those just get my mitochondria going. They get a bright light in my eyes. I feel really good. They're warm. So I do that for about 10 or 15 minutes. I walk downstairs. I drink some water with some vitamin C in it. And right after I drink my water, I walk over to my meditation cushion and sit down on my meditation cushion. And I meditate for between 11 minutes and 45 minutes. And why I say 11 minutes and 45 minutes is because I have a uh, non-negotiable 11-minute bare minimum that I do no matter what. I'm a big fan of creating lines in the sand when it comes to habits. And that 11 minutes is my line in the sand. And then I get up and after I meditate, I uh, usually write at least one sentence. Again, that's my non-negotiable in my journal. And uh, that's how my morning starts. Pretty simple. How long does it take you? Well, you know, the quickest it takes me is if I, if I just do a minute of red light, go down, drink my water, that's like two minutes and meditate for 11 minutes, I can do the whole thing in about 15 minutes. So I guess it depends on how long you're doing the meditation. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But, the, you know, having a short 
morning routine is great because I know I get it in no matter what. And I've found that it's more important to get it in than it is to do the whole like big, long ordeal of it all. And um, it's consistency that creates the benefits in my experience. So that's why I do it like that. 100% agree because my routine is 20 minutes. And so now I never have an excuse Back when I had like an hour and a half routine, I would sometimes miss just because of my kids and just natural life stuff. And and now that my routine's to I've dialed it down to 20 minutes, I haven't missed in I think I'm on 90 days straight. And so there's no reason to miss now. I have no excuse. No I excuse. love it. Heck yeah, dude. I love that. That's super <laughs> awesome. The red light therapy, I haven't, so the, the, I haven't heard of that. And it's funny, like, it, it, I find it so fascinating that, that everyone has such different morning routines. Like the guest I was speaking to before recorded an episode this morning, he bought this cold, it's almost like a tub that you fill up with water and it freezes yeah. the water, not freezes, but makes it very cold. I think like 45 degrees and he'll plunge himself yeah. into that thing every morning. And then you're doing red light therapy. It's such unique, uh, all these different things I haven't, I haven't really considered before. Yeah, there's so many things, man. I'm happy to uh, send send any info to you offline after a podcast. Happy to, man. It's always yeah. fun to share that stuff. Yeah, sounds good. So we talk a lot about habits, and I know you. I know um, just in doing my research, I know you talk a lot about habits. But one thing, and we obviously that's something we talk about on the show. But I realize one thing we don't talk a lot about it is a, a lot about on the show is removing bad habits. So what advice do you have on removing bad habits? Yeah, it's a great question because so much of the time people are focusing on building good habits, but, you know, removing bad ones is is one of the key things. And um, the number one thing that you have to do is you have to realize that you're not in conscious control of bad habits. Habits, by definition, happen in the unconscious or subconscious part of our brain. So, for instance, your prefrontal cortex, that's the thinking, executive functioning, planning part of your brain, runs at 40 bits per second. And your subconscious brain uh, operates at 40 million bits per second. So your subconscious is a million times more powerful than your conscious mind. And so the first thing you have to realize is like, oh, my God, I don't have control of this habit. For me, it's sugar. Okay. I am addicted to sugar. That's my unconscious habit. If there's sugar in the fridge or in my cupboard, that's going to get eaten. (laughs) So how do you break a habit? Well, the first thing is to realize, oh my God, I have this habit, whatever it is, and I'm not in control of it. And you have to, you have to go and start to understand, well, when do I do it? Right? When do I do it? So the first step is to notice that you're doing it. Don't blame yourself. Don't shame yourself. Just realize, oh my God, I'm doing this bad habit. And do that for just a week and see what you notice. Then when you decide, all right, I'm ready to break that bad habit, you've got to set up barriers for yourself. And for me, that barrier is no sugar in the house. If you want to stop watching TV or Netflix, Make sure you're logged out of Netflix. Make sure that you unplug your Roku from your TV. Whatever it is, you've got to make it really difficult to do it. And like, look, nothing is is too hard, right? So you want to remove, you want to create a lot of obstacles for yourself because obstacles slow you down. So if you if you have like a Netflix addiction, you know, sit on the couch, turn on the TV. If you've got to log in with a really difficult password, 
that's going to make it harder. And so that is one of the key things. And then the last thing to do is do it with somebody else. Break your habit with another person. Or if they don't have the same habit, it doesn't necessarily matter, but you can hook up with them and you can have some accountability with someone else because you're 95% more likely to succeed if you do it with another person. So that's really a three-step process is one, notice, two, create obstacles for yourself, and three, do it with someone else. And if you follow those processes, it's almost impossible for you not to break that habit. I like the process you've got here. It make a lot makes a lot of sense. You know, remove the temptation, make it hard to do. Accountability. I'm huge into accountability. I, I belong to a mastermind, actually several of them, and that's a big part of it. You're, you're with a group of people that are holding you accountable. So it makes a lot of sense. It's a Halloween must be torturous for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I was just at my mom's house and uh and she uh came back from her uh party with like tons and tons and tons of cookies and it was just like in the kitchen i was like oh my god and i came so close to just like going crazy and eating them (laughs) but i had to remind myself hey man healing is more important than sugar right now it was a close (laughs) call though man i'm telling you yeah i know the the milky way bars get me in the uh 100 grand (laughs) bars it's uh but we only have candy in our house one time a year and that's that's that that time so not perfect but close enough yeah if I went back to the, if I, if I went back and spoke to the 18 year old Jonah, were you always into this type of like personal development and working on yourself and growth and all that? I was, but I wasn't quite as aware of it when I was 18. Got it. Yeah. But if you were to go back um, to when I was 18, you know, I, I was very interested in meditation and learning new things and all that stuff. And part of it was just a spirit of adventure I had that was instilled in me by my parents. But I, you know, I think people are driven to personal growth by one of two things. One is curiosity and the other is suffering. And sometimes it's a combination of both. We experience things we don't want to. And so we look for answers and that creates one journey for personal growth. And the other is just curiosity of wanting to know what's out there, what other people are doing, seeing someone who inspires us. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely driven, I think a little more by curiosity, but Hey, we've all had our uh, own experiences of suffering and that can be a great teacher as well. I relate to that. I've always thought, we sort of figure out why I'm so into it. And like, I've taken to a point now where I have a blog and a podcast and morning routine cards and all of that. I I think for me, it's a combination of both. So I never really thought about it. Like I, I thought about it, but I, I could never nail it down. But hearing you say that, it could be the curiosity or the suffering. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's a little bit of both. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it is for most people as well. Yeah, and for me, the suffering was just like challenges I was going through in, in business and stuff, and just trying to figure things out. And so, yeah, obviously, suffering takes different forms. But uh, interesting. So, Jonah, I've got one last question for you, and then we're going to wrap up with you sharing uh, your website or whatever, however someone can reach out to you and connect with you. Yeah. I'm just curious how you feed your fulfillment, happiness, all of that. Some people like to say happiness. Some people prefer fulfillment. How does, how does Jonah feed, feed that for, for yourself, for himself? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I say for me, it's um, habits, hard things and going fast. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, I think that I think that, um, you know, any result is, is any result in our life is a result of repeated behaviors done over and over again. 
So, you know, one of my favorite habits is asking for feedback from people who are close to me and then listening really hard. Uh, it's really difficult. It's, it's challenging to ask for feedback. Hey, how would you rate our relationship one through 10? And uh, if it's not a 10, what would make it better? And people will be honest with you. And I learned so much by asking for that. So habits, doing hard things, right? Like doing things that I'm a little scared of that stretch myself, asking for things, jumping into, uh, uh, you know, cold ice baths, all those things, I think, create happiness. And then finally going fast for me, surfing, skiing, anything that's where speed is involved helps me get into a flow state. And, you know, I always wondered why I'm so into that kind of stuff. And recently, a lot of data has come out about life satisfaction and happiness and people who are able to get into flow states on a regular basis are something like 70% happier than, uh, than people who don't. And so, you know, we all have our ways of getting into flow states, whether it's uh, sports or, you know, some people do it with video games, other people with creativity. There's a lot of ways of doing it, but if you can do that, it leads to happiness. So again, I think it's, for me, it's about preparation, not pursuing the happiness itself, but pursuing all those things that create the result that I'm looking for in the first place. So. Yeah. So the flow state with surfing, does that come natural? I would imagine I don't surf, like I mentioned before. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like anything, you know, it's like if, you know, if you, when you, if you're playing basketball and you're like playing really well or you're skiing or, or anything like that, anything where, where your mind can be focused on what's happening in front of you can create that flow state. But yeah, with surfing, it, it happens, it happens pretty naturally. And, uh, and yeah, and um, yeah, you asked where people can get a hold a hold of me. They can. Um, my website is jonahlarkin.com. People can find me on Instagram as well. I also connect on LinkedIn. And then I did create a landing page uh, for uh, just some resources I have, some habit resources and all that. It's uh, at jonahlarkin.com slash morning upgrade. And uh, yeah, you can download all the free resources that I have right there. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely link that up. I really enjoyed our conversation today, Jonah. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on the Like, show. Likewise, Ryan. Thanks for the really thoughtful questions and love the quick format of the podcast. Uh, thanks. Appreciate that. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.